Hello, I'm Peyton Squires, and I'm the host of the podcast. This podcast is for those who are dissatisfied with where they are at in their life and career currently. I used to be one. When I got out of college with my master's degree, I started working in banking. I eventually moved to a Fortune 500 company. I quickly find out being an employee was not for me. I was bored out of my mind and did not like it whatsoever. Something eventually lit a fire under me. I started studying for the CPA exam, listening to podcasts and reading books every day. By doing that, I had passed all four parts of the CPA exam in eight months and quit my job. I opened up my own tax firm, having never been paid to do someone's taxes before. That was in 2014. Since then, I've consistently grown my business. Had a lot of success in other business ventures, including real estate, property management, among other things. And now, I'm looking for a new venture. I want to help inspire you and other entrepreneurs to achieve their potentials and dreams, as well as learn from the stories of these entrepreneurs as to see what has gone well and what hasn't gone well for them. Let's go create a bunch of healthy, wealthy, and wise entrepreneurs. Guys, welcome back to Behind Their Success podcast. Today, we've got a special guest on for you. His name is Hamid Mahmoud. He's an accomplished digital consultant, CEO, and founder of leading digital agencies, HTML Pro, Ecom Development NYC, and Software Pro. He's got over a decade and a half of experience. Hamad is a visionary entrepreneur dedicated to empowering global business owners, freelancers, and agency professionals. As the force behind top-ranked agencies, Hamad excels in setting up delivery infrastructures, resulting in a 10x increase in revenue streams and stabilize offshore operations for hundreds of agencies, e-commerce stores, and large corporations. Hamad's an entrepreneur in heart. He founded ETTVI.com, which is a world-class digital marketing tool, and co-founded e-commerce professional e-learning platform promoting global e-commerce skills. He also established Ethical Pro, a platform fostering ethical values. He has recently came out with a new book called Seven Figure Agency Mindset A to Z. In this book, he teaches all the practical skills and the mindset behind to scale your business to seven figures. Haman, welcome. Thank How you, you doing this Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. You got quite an impressive resume there. Let's just start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit more detail about your background and how you got where you are today. Quick about the background, a pretty hard one. I'm glad it was a hard background if I get back to about 18 years back. So the first seven years, uh, I've been doing a lot of jobs, even sometimes three jobs at one time, working in tech companies, Fortune 500 companies as well, in customer services, in call centers, in business development in customer support in terms of doing the quality and training for customer support teams. And then in the end, taking care of the whole IT infrastructure of a company before I started my entrepreneurship journey a decade back. And that was the first company which I founded. Before I did, like I did one year of freelancing. So I understood like how does the freelancing works and all the challenges that you get into the freelancing or working alone. But that didn't last longer, about eight to 10 months. I had to move creating my own agency, which is htmlpro.net. And that's where we started. We boomed a lot of markets, especially for New York City in 18, 19, among the top 10, top 20 global and also New York rankings mentioned in CIO review and other platforms too. But then a, a little shift into the journey where I previously, I was working with lots, lots of partners, but then from 2020, 
I had my like sole entrepreneurship, which is like software group. And now all the companies which you listed have either my complete ownership or it has integrators who are mm-hmm. like micro entrepreneurs, but they work as an integrator helping me growing my group. That's a quick high level. Oh. I told you about 18 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. Very cool. You've grown a handful of successful businesses. And we were talking before we even got a line here. You're graduate of Harvard Business School as well, which is quite impressive. What do you think leads to your success? If you had to name a skill or a trait of you, what do you think is the number one reason that you've gotten to the place where you are today? I feel that I'm a little not normal guy which is mm-hmm. absolutely fine to say that if you're an absolutely yeah. average guy, you're not crazy about achieving big. So since my childhood, I remember leading the school, leading the class, making sure everything is organized. Similarly, going towards professional journey, I realized that I en- end up becoming the t- either team leads or handling the departments or probably handling up the whole office as well in the end. I think the most important thing which I did was self-understanding and self-learning, which I actually started learning after 80 years of my career, that this is something to actually learn, that I have enhanced this approach of learning myself. And each Mm -hmm. day I've been learning myself, I try to find the hidden potential in myself. And then if I rationally try to implement those potentials, I see there is a huge positive impacts which I can create, not only from monetary point of view, but if you see like Ethical Pro is something which is completely nonprofit. I also run a nonprofit organization called Digital Transformation uh, Movement for Professionals. Our movement is empowering a lot of agency owners, freelancers, and a lot of business communities with the success in their business. So I think having a little bit craziness about achieving big, achieving positive and a little bit challenging what is going on normally, which as you mentioned, as you go deeper towards the organization or the processes, you find the problems. So I've, I found a lot of problems and I potentially saw where I can actually head back and improve those methods, improve those processes, even on national scale as well. And I think there is a huge drift Apart from taking my group to $10 million or maybe taking my net worth or maybe monthly profit to a certain amount, I think there is a huge drift towards society point of view as well. So just to recap some of that for the listener there, self-learning, right? So self-learning that you do that to constantly be developing. So can you give me, how do you do that or how do you go about deciding what do I choose? What do I go after to what kind of resources do you read podcasts? Like how do you decide what to do to develop yourself? I think the easiest way to self-learn is indicators or indications. So if you have analytical skills, then you actually benchmark yourself with people who are achieving the same. And then you have to see that, okay, at this age, Has someone been able to do better than you or less than you? If you have been faster in that pace, so probably that's one of your strengths that you're achieving it so fast. You also have to check what things do you like to do? Just like you mentioned, you like doing podcasting and probably I hate filling up the tax form. So (laughs) 
and that is clearly an indicator that myself or my comfort zone or my passion is probably the talking or being extrovert or exchanging ideas and not probably the programming. So when the things were progressing, benchmarking others, that's the first indicator. If you're doing better than a lot of other people, that means that's something in your core as well. Then number two thing is you have to check yourself. If you are organizing everything in your home, organizing everything in your office, and people are praising it, hey, your office is very organized. That means being organized is your potential, is your strength as well. So you actually have to see that what people are actually praising for you as well. So yeah, that's good. are actually praising you for doing those things. So that means that could be your potential area as well. So you have to benchmark with similar people. Then you have to see where people are praising you. Then you have to see where people are actually cursing you. Maybe a lot of think that they are cursing you. You have to see where you enjoy. You have to see that where you suck. Actually, on hey, I don't feel like doing that. And then probably mm. if you enjoy traveling, that means that you're a good traveler. And then if you don't want to go outside your home on the weekend, that means that you're just an introvert guy. So a lot of indicators that you can actually benchmark apart from some tests which are available into the market. And I actually put that the first chapter of my book is knowing yourself. So that's how you can benchmark a lot of things. You made several great points there. One is you talked about what gives you energy, right? We had a discussion before we got on here. I do these podcasts because they give me energy. I enjoy it. It's something that lights me up, right? There's other aspects of my work that I've done over the last decade of building my business that while I needed to do it and I was willing to do the dirty work because you got to do that because the beginning is just you and you got to build something. But as I get more mature in my journey, I'm learning to let go of filling out some of the tax forms and letting go of different things that don't give me energy, right? They take energy from me. So I think the overarching concepts you were talking there, and man, I feel like I talk about this on every single episode we have, is complete self-awareness, right? To understand yourself as deeply as possible, to be able to know what you're good at, and for lack of better words, stop lying to yourself or fooling yourself that maybe you're good at something when you're not. And sometimes taking feedback from other people. Now you got to be careful of the qualifications of the people that are giving you feedback, whether they're, they're actually experts in the area that they're giving you feedback on, but that can also be a good source of telling you if you're on the right direction or not. Absolutely. And also the patterns that you have seen in your life. I feel like I'm a giver. And the reason I find out is I find, okay, upon the last 10 scenarios in my life where either I have to stop myself or take back or give back, I mostly give back. And if I benchmark this with similar people who are agency owners as well, they might not give back or they just hold it or they might take it back from their employees. So that means I love giving. I have a giving nature. So if I have a giving nature, then probably I'm a great fit for any nonprofit or societal work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. I know I've, I've followed you a little bit on social media recently, and I know the love and passion I, I think you have for your country, Pakistan, and really the good and the forward looking and pushing you're trying to do for that area. Absolutely. And I, and I find it's my DNA being maybe patriot, maybe being a nationalist, maybe accepting other nationality, but making sure that your own nationality do, does a good job. So if you actually get that, rather than I listen to other people, whatever they are saying, I have to see who I am. 
And if my inner self is being patriot, I will always excel on that rather than listening others. That's fantastic stuff. In the bit of time I've followed you and got to know you a little bit, yeah, your passion and your giving certainly comes through the forefront. A quick ask from you guys. If you ever got any value from these podcasts, I kindly ask you to rate and review it. It really is the best way to help us grow and reach more people. We want to get as many healthy, wealthy, and wise entrepreneurs out there as possible. Thanks. Now to the show. So on your entrepreneur journey, I know you've been through all kinds of ups and downs. What would you credit as, I'd say, the best decision you've ever made? I think after a certain time, but the best decision I've ever made is putting complete responsibility of the kingdom on my own shoulders. That essentially means that until or unless you keep thinking that you have people who can take your responsibilities, your performance can essentially go down. And when you think that you are the sole responsible for the whole kingdom, you really do a good job. And since I think two and a half to three years are the best years of my career where I've excelled maybe 10x pace than what I did in lasting years. So that essentially means the best decision is that for any entrepreneurs where you think you have to probably bring on partners or people or where you feel paralyzed or where you feel procrastination, you also have to understand that you're actually compromising maybe the money. You're compromising your values. Not two people have the same nature. Not two people have the same values. Not two people may not have the same vision itself about the company or the goals. They might have a like a separate personal goals and I might have a separate personal goal. So the best decision I've made is sitting on top of the group and then creating a justice among other people, but with full control. That's, yeah, that's some really good stuff. So going through the best decision you've made, now flip it. Tell me some decision that didn't work out or a decision you say, man, I wish I could have done something different. Understanding the books, I realized that I started studying more of books certifications, courses, and meeting with other agency owners, networking in the past two and a half years or maybe two years. And when you actually, when you try to groom a little bit up, you actually find the way when you sit with better people, just like gathering the king is a mastermind, you see that, okay, someone is sitting at $40 million. What are you doing at $4 million? So I think you should not be isolated as an entrepreneur. This is what I felt. And the first seven to seven and a half years of my entrepreneurship journey, I had a few people to consult with, maybe two to four, five, but I did not have the grace to keep on learning or mm. keep on excelling. And I feel like the learning which I did in past three years, a lot of certifications, meeting or sitting with a lot of entrepreneurs, read a lot of books, polished myself. If I had the same grace, maybe nine years back, I'm, I may have been like maybe four times up. You've really, I don't know, lit a fire. I've gotten a whole lot more done in the last three or four years. And maybe the first seven or eight or whatever, you didn't have that. My journey almost matches that perfectly. I've ran my business for 10 years now, starting in 2014. And I would say at least up until 2018, 19, wasn't until I feel like I started to wake up a little bit. You know, those first handful of years, it was just me flailing around trying to make some money, right? And 
it wasn't until I'd say that 2018 timeframe, maybe 19, where my self-education became the number one priority. I got to the point of reading 100 plus books a year slash, you know, listening to podcasts all the time. And even in the last couple of years, while continuing to do that, I've really even taken it another level by surrounding myself with people like you and these other groups that are maybe a few steps even ahead of me that, man, if I can just latch on and learn a couple things from them and network them, it's so much easier for you to spring for. No, you're absolutely right, man. And this is a message. If young entrepreneurs are listening to us, that being an entrepreneur is not an ultimate. You should keep on evolving. You should keep on learning. Yes, initial it is initial few years of entrepreneurship is really hard, especially a couple of years or three years where you're organizing yourself. But at the same time, anytime you did not spend in reading or studying, even in your employment time or in entrepreneurship time, you're actually going to miss that. And then you probably at, I'll be 37 this month. Then you will actually have to benchmark yourself with other people who are 37, but maybe 10x than you. Mm-hmm. Then you have to find out what are the mistakes or where I lag. And that's probably exactly the thing that you lag getting out of your comfort zone. You would definitely regret at a time that I should have done that earlier for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing as I started going down and continue developing and listening to stuff and listening to entrepreneurs that are further ahead of me. And even like join, you know, we're in the mastermind group together is gathering the kings that even when I first joined there, I had a little bit of an imposter syndrome or man, I'm coming in this group and there's all these successful people like who am I? Right. And that's where you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. I'll just go on here. Hopefully I can provide some value and I'm not just a total waste of space in here, but it's just that matter of getting out of that comfort zone and pushing yourself. And you made another good point there about implementation, all the reading and listening, that stuff is fantastic. But people also will sit there and get stuck in that hamster wheel of, I'm just going to continue to get all this head knowledge, but not actually execute on any of it. One thing I realized that when we were in schools or in colleges, we were not able to actually practically visualize what we're doing as of today. But after becoming an entrepreneur, it actually makes more sense. And we can visualize everything. We can actually benchmark everything we study. So I sometimes think that I should read back all the books again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I have a handful of books that I do try to read at least once a year. And it's, they say, the same man never steps in the same river twice because the, the river's different and the man's different. That, yeah, you go back and a lot of these, the, the really good books, the books that have standed the test of time, going back and reading those, so many things in there will just absolutely hit you way different because the first time you read it, you didn't even understand it exactly. really to the level that you can now. Exactly. I do spend like an hour of my time before I sleep studying the history studying philosophy, studying what's going on and how everything works. And now I can actually visualize and understand things better than I was like maybe 15 years back for sure. Yeah, we should actually enhance the study as we are getting more mature. You talked about some of the mistakes there, or say mistakes, or or you didn't get on the fastest path possible when you were younger. But so if you could go back 10 years in a business and you could go back and tell yourself one piece of advice, one piece of advice would you give yourself 10 years ago from your perspective today? The funny thing is that we were able to hit a couple million dollars in the revenues back in 2019. And that company was actually a 
group of different partners. Like we had about four to five different partners who were working at the same time. And when I split it up mid-June, and I did exactly the same thing as you mentioned. So I had to start solo, like a solo entrepreneur. And I had to start my team right from the scratch again. So it was a discontinuation that I had to build my teams again. It took me exactly 1.25 years to reach the first million dollar. So the first one took, let's say, six or seven years. The second one took 1.25 years. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me, like, what was the difference? Yes, more control. 13 years, sorry, 10 years back, my control was half. So I, I will today, I will probably not make a mistake of losing my control. Where I think things have to work, then I will actually go ahead and do that. If I think that's my baby, that's number one. So number two thing was the focus. If you have to be successful, then you have to make one business as your baby and then put your 80 to 90% of your focus only to that business and maybe 10, 15%, any other hustle you want to do, any nonprofit you want to do, you want to spend time with your girlfriend or whatever, that should not exceed 10, 15% of, of your main focus. The main focus should be uh, 80 to 85 or maybe 90% of whatever you want to make it successful. Okay. Once you have the focus, once you have the control, another thing which I probably won't do is lingering my team without the processes. So I told you that, okay, we'll go ahead. I myself will write the process because I want the organization as I want the organization to see. And that particular information is only in my head over here, not with anyone else, not even with you or if I onboard a partner. So I will actually start writing down all the documents and processes within six months or three months. And then I'll spend another two or three months in training my team word by word about what I've mentioned. And then I'll make sure that my team is compensated well and they have some variable structure as well so that as the team grows, as the revenue grows, their money is grown as well. Then I'll make sure that I'm setting up a top hierarchy for those team members who actually take what I want them to do. And then I'll give them probably one to two months of the time to absorb what I said. And I'll leave the margin of errors. Maybe a couple of months, you make mistakes, I'll accept it. So the thing which I will not do is just work. A lot of entrepreneurs just work. They just mm-hmm. work day and night themselves without hierarchy crazy to make money. That's not how the business works. If you want to expand your business, especially on the services business, then you need humans, the trained humans. In order to make humans trained, you need to write the SOPs. You need to give them Bibles for them to actually understand and put them in their head with some motivation of rewards and with some penalties of the compliance and non-adherence to the SOPs itself. I will not make a mistake of eating all the money of my business. That essentially means that small entrepreneurs tend to take all of their profits in their home by probably buying property or the cars, especially in subcontinent side. These guys actually travel, buy homes, expensive home, expensive supercars, and they'll probably eat all the money and they will not reinvest back into their business. The right approach is actually you should reinvest the money 
back to the business a minimum of 50 to 70 percent so i won't do the mistake again of eating all the money <laughs> yeah 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 i would say i definitely made that mistake early in my career where it was when I, I think maybe I just didn't have the vision, a big enough vision, I was kind of using my business as a vehicle to then go grow my personal net worth. So like money would come in, I would take that money, strip it all out and go invest it in different aspects, which is fine. And I've done well in that. But to your point, the business itself was severely limited, right? We'd be able to grow and reinvest in that business. My business could have been a lot bigger, a lot faster. And, you know, the compounding inside that business probably would have been a lot better than whatever compounding I was getting in the very myriad different assets I've acquired. Exactly. So the way it works is after you have done the pilot, let's say you are on a $20,000, $30,000 a month revenue and you have done the pilot and that is being run by maybe 10 people. You have a small hierarchy uh, and you're making $30,000 a month. At certain point, you need seed, you need investment. Now, that particular investment could be from outside, but you have to compromise on the equity, or that particular investment could be yourself. However, you have spent all the money in probably buying the stocks or <laughs> elsewhere, and you don't have money to put back into the business. And that means your business growth will get slow, or you probably did not have ambition to grow from uh, half a million to probably a million to or a couple million dollars. And you can never achieve that unless you spend more on sales. And when you spend more on sales or marketing, you'll need more money to pay back to the resources and for the infrastructure. So that means your cost will also increase. Your marketing will also be increased. And then your revenue will also be increased as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Tell me a little bit about your book. I know you've released a, a book, Seven Figure Agency Mindset A to Z. Tell me about the inspiration behind that and give us a little sneak peek of what's actually in the book. Absolutely. So the motivation behind was it actually started from, I do a lot of public speaking in Pakistan and a lot of webinars into the US. I do coaching for Seven Figure as well. A lot of agency owners would come back to me and say that they're stuck in a lot of places, which could be a lot of things that we spoke that they're missing in their businesses. And then speaking to thousands, literally thousands of entrepreneurs in public, tens of entrepreneurs one-to-one, -one, I realized a few common mistakes. A lot of entrepreneurs have the same common mistakes that they were doing. So I was getting bombarded with their messages, with their calls, and they're trying to reach me back that, Hamid, we need your consultancy. We need your five minutes, Hamid, three minutes, Hamid. Just tell me the answer of this thing, Hamid. <laughs> so that was a huge motivation for me to actually create a framework that, okay, if you really want to take my lead, then you actually have to understand my brain as well. And then mm. in order to create that framework, when I started making that framework, that actually went beyond 560 pages. And that was even not even completed. But then I worked with a writer and she said, Hamid, I've never seen a book which is more than 500. People won't read it. I said, don't worry about it. People will read it. People will start reading it. <laughs> then we squeezed, we summarized a lot of languages and my writer was co-editing it. She actually squeezed on 100 pages, which I still don't like today. But still my book is about like 460 pages. now. I actually tried to squeeze my 18 years of journey into that book. 
It exactly starts with who you are that, that we just spoke. And first, understanding yourself. So there are two markets which I represent. So I represent the subcontinent market. I represent the American market as well. So after understanding all the markets, the second chapter of my book actually covers about which markets to work in, which country to work in, and why. A lot of elements, which could be profitability, which could be culture, technicality, or the education itself or ease of doing the business, more transactions, or the index that tells which country is more friendly for international businesses. So the second chapter actually explains about the target market, and then it goes towards branding your agency, which could be the website itself, how to make a website for agency, not a regular website, but what does your homepage should have, what does your inner pages should have? What kind of messaging you should have in your agency in order to be successful? How search engine optimization will work on your agency website? How people will able to find you locally? How are you able to actually penetrate the local ranks in your city, in your state? And then I've mentioned about 12 different channels of sales and lead generation. How to set up the leads? using Facebook, using Google, cold outreaching, cold calling, cold emailing, search engine optimization through becoming an authority, through webinars, um, through LinkedIn automation, and a lot of other ways, which I mentioned in my book, about 12 of them. I've also mentioned about leadership traits, that how to retain employees as a leader, as, as an organization, what kind of business models you should follow? Should you hire in-house employees? Should you hire external teams and why you should hire them? And then some information about entrepreneurship operating system. So telling agency owners about how exactly the top to bottom hierarchy works and how they can actually delegate the task from being very small to big or big to small. How does it look like from outside? About setting up the hierarchy and explain them about traction, explain, about, explain them about one-year plan, five-year plan, or 10-year plan for their business itself. And then some ethical things that they should always keep in mind and some modules for the HR as well. So, And then we have about like 30 to 40 pages for worksheet itself. After you have studied all the book, you have to actually fill in a lot of details to actually explain what is what do you do in terms of this, what do you do in terms of that. And then there is a chapter about pricing, calculation that how do you price your services and then how to achieve the seven figures how do you break down your seven figures into smaller units and then you try to get mrr increase like monthly recurring revenues so a lot of things into that book man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. man that sounds like it's quite a detailed great practical steps laying out how you do stuff that's great stuff yeah you know i'd, I'd highly recommend i'm going to read that book soon I would recommend you guys check that out as well from Hamid. Hamid, what's the best way people can connect with you? You can find me out if you Google Hamid Mahmoud CEO, like H-A-M-I-D-M-A-H-M-O-O-D-C-E-O. There is a website called HamidThePro.com. It's H-A-M-I-D-T-H-E-P-R-O.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn as well. If you just write on LinkedIn, Hamid Mahmoud LinkedIn, you should be able to find me out. Uh, I'm very active onto the Facebook itself on my Facebook profile. So if you catch me up on Facebook, you'll find me very active out there. 
then there are some other social handles, but definitely LinkedIn and uh, Facebook is my comfort zone. Awesome. Haman, I appreciate you coming on here today, man. You've had a lot of success. I really love the fact that you're trying to build frameworks and give back to people. This has obviously gotten a lot bigger than you, which is amazing to see and how you spread your knowledge and you're so willing to just give it out to people. So hopefully they can take a hold of it and do something with it themselves. I appreciate you coming on and take care, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you found it valuable, please rate, review, and share it. That is the best way to help us build this and reach more people. As we're trying to accomplish our goal of help creating more healthy, wealthy, and wise entrepreneurs. You can follow us on social media by searching for me, Peyton Squires, or going to PeytonSquires.com. On the website and social media, we're always sharing tips of personal growth, and there we can actually interact. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys.